Next Chapter Podcasts. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend The king of these for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.A.M. On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end. Oh, snap doodle. The song is Boom Boom. And no, it's not the one by the Venga Boys. For a second, I was like, is this a cover? Did the Venga Boys cover John Lee Hooker? Totally different song. From the 1991 compilation album the ultimate collection 48 through 90 it's also number 377 on the 500 with josh adam me myers king kadoogle fleece army how was your week uh thank you to everybody that went to the shows in minnesota thank you to all the people that went to the shows in san diego that was a fucking blast doing it out on the street corner This is how desensitized we are post-pandemic and to the audience that just wanted to watch it. There was like two hobos fighting on the street corner. One of them got like damn near uh, beat to like an inch of his life. And I'm like looking at it and stopping the stand-up and the audience was like, come on, Josh, just finish the joke. We're with you. We just, we want to laugh. Fuck these two guys fighting. We're almost there, everybody. We are almost there. Uh, I got more shows coming up. Check out my website, joshadammyers.com backslash shows for all the shows. But follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. You guys want to watch the podcast? Because uh, I hope you are, because we are posting it in two different ways. You get it Wednesday on the Patreon for the $5 Patreon people. And if you can't wait for that or can't afford it, which I get, it's times are tough, but we do appreciate everybody that is a Patreon member. You can watch it on our YouTube every Thursday. So go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast or go to our YouTube, Josh Adam Myers, and smash the subscribe button. Now let's talk about this John Lee Hooker compilation. 
Should compilations be on this list? I don't know. I do like them because you get like the best of the best and you get, I mean, everything that this artist has done. And for that, it's a great record. But I always feel like it should just be the record. Now, maybe they couldn't just pick one John Lee Hooker record. Called him Hookered. But truth be told, you guys are getting the fucking full gambit of an incredible artist. And for that, we got an incredible guest. Uh, I have the one and only Tommy Davidson on the show today. If you don't know Tommy Davidson, then man, oh man, oh Shevitz, you don't know comedy. Tommy was uh, one of the original members of one of the greatest sketch television shows of all time, of my lifetime in living color. Uh, One half of uh, the leads in the movie Booty Call, which is so fucking funny. And just a great stand-up comic that I've opened for and have known on and off for years. And it really was a pleasure to have him on this podcast talking about John Lee Hooker. He is a lunatic. But sometimes you gotta have somebody that is a little unstable to fucking bring the funny. And I had a blast talking with him, guys. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms. And if you're listening on Apple or any other platform where you can leave a review, leave us a good review and give us a five-star rating. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. And follow the Facebook group, The 500 Podcast with Jam. Hit it. Follow it. It's run by Crazy Evan. He's a fucking, you want to talk lunatics, that's a fucking lunatic. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, guys, nothing is left to say, but here we go with 377 out of 500. This is like the song by the Bengals. I'll just say it. The Ultimate Collection by John Lee Hooker. Snapdoodle. What's up, everybody? Before we get into the pod, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Sunset Lake CBD. They are a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. And for years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for the best Ben & Jerry's ice cream like Chubby Hubby. Then in 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. And with a product for everyone, they offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD coffee crafted to help with stress, aches, and pains. Guys, it is perfect. The gummy, it just, it's like 10 milligrams. It just gives you a nice, easy, (sighs) get rid of all the bullshit, dude. It's beautiful. Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. So, go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use code JAM500 for 20% off all products. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use code JAM500. That's J-A-M-5-0-0 for 20% off all products. Now let's get back to the pod. Money don't get everything is true. What it don't buy that I can't use. I need some money. We've actually met before. We used to. I've I done the Baltimore money. Comedy Factory with you years ago. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, long, long time ago. And then, and then, the one downtown. The one downtown. Yes, the one at no, the one at uh, the one at uh, Power Plant Live. Yeah, Power Plant Live. Remember, because then you used to come, used to come to my nightclub that I also DJ'd at Bar Baltimore, and used to cut a rug there. Yeah, I remember you were on stage, fucking killing it. Off the hook. Uh, Off the hook. And it's just, it's so crazy just how, like, I've been out in L.A. since fucking 2007, but I've been doing stand-up. I mean, I've been a regular at all the clubs since probably about for the last, like, you know, eight years. And it's just I never run into you. And then when they brought up you to do John Lee Hooker, I was like, holy shit, dude. Because we always want a good guest for this. So, So why don't you go ahead and just tell me, like, Cause also I'm kind of like, I'm not going to say I'm shocked, but uh, you know, it's, it's funny to find out the people that you, that are into certain artists and certain bands. So why don't you go ahead and mm-hmm. tell me your history with John Lee Hooker? Well, it started off with Rob Johnson, Rob Johnson being you guys, Robert know. Johnson. Yeah. I, when you got I mean, you got for me, you have to sorry. say Robert Johnson. Yeah, I'm like, because Rob Johnson, go, maybe that's the owner of BET. Or... Maybe that's the owner of BET. You know, who, who, yeah. You know, who's Rob Johnson? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm Ron Johnson, uh, all pro running back for the New York Giants. I'm a 70s kid, by the way. But anyway, there you go. Um, um, a number 30. Um, but but uh, starting out there, it's just something magical and miraculous about the blues. And it's, it's it, you, you have to know it to know it. You know, how poor, destitute, Hopeless blacks down south, crushed, deprived, desperate, apparently soulless state of a time period could give birth to like platinum diamond sounds that we hear now via Visa slash or Hendrix or know, Clapton or, you know, how that happened is, is, is an American tale, you know? And so, you know, Hooker is a part of that whole arc, you know, and that's, that's, and, and, and we're even back in, you know, the muddy, muddy blues, you know, with blind lemon Johnson and, you know, people didn't eat, you know, unless he, you know, you know, and it started out as a crime. You know, <laughs> I thought I was the only person I was going to be doing yeah. singing today. You I know, mean, so that's... it's like, you know, how could you go from um, right to? For sure, it's it's arguable. I mean, it's 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 baseball, dude. It's it's the most American art form that we have. It's jazz. It's it's everything. But it just shocks me. It's just like I'm not saying because you don't identify with any of that stuff you just said. But it's like, was this something that you were fascinated with at a young age, or did this develop, you know, as you've gotten older? This is, I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a a funny, I'm like, um, I'm like Neo in the Matrix. I'm like the one, you know. So, <laughs> you know, for some reason, I channel a lot of things, you know. 
and and blues is one of the things that I my 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 body channels, you know. So I can I can you know, you know if it comes to you know, you know if it's, it's big band it's it's there. Oh, fly me to the moon and let me soar above the clouds. Lyrics wrong, but still, um, uh, <laughs> you know it's it's all there. I did a movie called Bamboozled. Oh, I remember. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> And uh, Paul Mooney walked to me and said, man, if you were, you know, you were born in the wrong part of the century. He said, if you were born in like 18, you know, 80, you'd be the biggest star in America. You know what I mean? So it's almost like it's it's left in my DNA. So I've always picked up on that stuff. And then the weird being that I am. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about my background. Ado- uh, 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 born in Mississippi, left in the trash found by a white woman from Wyoming, her and her husband, taken out of the trash, nursed back to health, grew up in Fort Collins, Colorado, moved to Washington, D.C. when I'm five years old. Don't know I'm black. The black kids kick our ass, okay? White crackers beat their ass um, and the white cracker lover. I go to my mother. Why are they calling me white cracker lover? I like graham crackers, okay? I'm five. Um, we moved to the suburbs of Wheaton, Maryland. Now, I moved in 68 to Washington, D.C. with the riots after King got shot. I forgot okay? you were from I forgot you were from Maryland, dude. I, you, I'm from Montgomery yeah. County, too. Montgomery County. Ah! Yeah, that's true. Dude. Yeah. Moco, ah! baby. Come on, I'm telling you, I, I got, I mean, there is a there is a Instagram page called the Moco Show, and they will not give me a shout out. Uh if people, That's, fans of this podcast, tag them and tell them to do a post about Josh Adam Myers. It's, it's hard Tommy. to be seen in, in the social universe, man. You know, you're being you're being smushed by like Chinese kids doing the pop on TikTok. God, okay, only so, if I had a nice yeah. ass and I could sell fit tea. Do you know what I mean? Man, like if I'm I could do you, that. That'd be, that'd be 50 million hits. <laughs> that, okay, millions, for just acting. Billion. Hold on. For just acting like you're going to take off the shit. Oh, it's TikTok. So, so. Um, you know, TikTok. I mean, TikTok. All right. So, um, going from there to Maryland, you know, in 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 '69, hearing nigger for the first time, being chased by grown men, home, like barely getting in the house, you know, people throwing stuff through our window, kill the nigger. You know, like, okay. So I go to my mother. I go, who are these niggas? We've got to stay away from them. They're really bad people. She said, well, that's what people, our color call people your color when they don't like them. I said, well, what color are y'all? She said, we're white. I said, no, you're beige, like the crayons. She says, no, but well, that's what, what you, that's what people your color call us. And I go, well, what are people our color? She goes, black. I go, I'm not black. I'm brown, like the crayons. She said, no, you're, you're, you're not, you're, well, that's what people our color call people your color. And from that day forward, it just caused this like atom bomb in my heart, in my mind. Like, where do we live? You know, mm-hmm. thank God I lived in America because, you know, eight folk festivals later, you know, after hanging out in communes in Fort Collins or, you know, five Jackson Five concerts or James Brown concerts later, you know, after being bust wonderfully bust 
not the whole thing after after um uh uh what is it the the uh Arkansas, the little girl goes to school and everybody goes crazy. Um, Topeka versus Board of Education? Or is that... Thank you. This is yeah. the guy. What corner of the, what block is he in? Okay, so we're going to the third block for questions, okay? Yeah, I'll be there. Um, then we get bust, you know, together. So regardless of what the adults are saying, we got to deal with each other all of a sudden. You know what I mean? And it's not such a bad deal. Because TV starts coming around and we got the Partridge family. We got the Brady Bunch, you know, kind of a weird dysfunctional thing. But you don't notice that until you're older, you know. But, you know, we got the Banana Split, Sesame Street. We got, you know, and we got, not only do we got uh, Steppenwolf and Heart, you know, and Earth, Wind and Fire and Don Koshner's rock concert, you know. So you get everything in one. There's no, there, there's no categories. You know, tonight, hi, I'm Don Krushner, and welcome to Rock Concert. Tonight we have Parliament, Funkadelic, and Grand Funk, who are like on, on two different, totally different planes, you know? So being created from that soil, you know, Hooker doesn't become a, a reach, you know? Um, um, but, but it's the same, quite honestly, for me, it's the same reach as the rest of them. You know, but that is a root of the tree. I mean, well, listening to your story of what you just said, I mean, that sounds like a blues song. I mean, you've lived, I mean, Muddy Waters, you've lived all of it. It's like, it's it's insane. That's a B.B. King song. That's everything. That's Robert Johnson. It's, I mean, I can That's see what why I was trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I, it. it's, it's insane, dude. Yeah. So, so, so specifically John Lee and with this record, which is like, I mean, kind of like a retrospective of his entire career. And so now you are, you're how old? I am 57. Good God. you. Look That's good. 167 in white man age. <laughs> I mean, I hate Life expectancy. White people Life got expectancy. the short end of the stick on aging. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Life expectancy I'm... being 12 and then four, if you got on a hoodie, but, but, but go ahead. No, but so, so, so like listening to this now, like, I mean, you know, what do you feel? What do you feel listening to this record now? As a 50, you said 56, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a 56 year old man. How do you feel about this record? There's now? freedom in it. There's freedom in it. There's freedom in it. There's freedom within freedom. You know, there's freedom within, within barriers, you know? It's the voice, it's, it's, it's the music, because you got to remember, they were from juke joints. Juke joints weren't just for black people. Mm-hmm. You see? Juke joints were for people who liked the party. You know? And uh, 20s, 30s, in the teens, 40s, you know, there ain't no club where you can go and, and get together with somebody of the other race, you know, out front. You know, I'd be lucky if I could have a, if I can get a milkshake downtown, you know, without, you know, ending up in a tree or something, you know, and um, the term honky comes from when the richer white men in the towns would go down into the juke joints and pick up chicks and drink and go down to the juke joint. And you knew they were there because they would honk. You see, so it was all one big jam, 
but not like now. It came with rules, you know? And so, but there's no rule on the freedom that's there. You know, we're not talking about, you know, uh, 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 star citizens here. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about uh, European men that, that come from, they don't come from the Rockefellers. They come from the Scottish Irish that came here and built the cabins. You know, they're coming from, from uh, poor Germans that came here. They're, co they're coming from people who, who were devastated in the Civil War, who fought Indian Wars. They're people who were fooled to go out West. You know, they're those Europeans. They're not the corporate, they call them corporate now, you know? And there's no, there's no Dr. Phil then, you know, there's no family model, you know, it's not, it's not uh, uncustomary for, for a wife to get beaten. Who's going to do something. Yeah. You know, I wonder yeah. if they, but not to stop you there, but I, I do wonder that if there was kind of like every town or every settlement had like their own Dr. Phil kind of guy. He's like, all right, so we got, we have a dispute over this ox here and we are going to make sure that both sides of the party can be yeah. equally oh, compensated that would be lovely. from your ox. You know, you've been, you've been running around and, and fucking with the blacksmith. <laughs> we need to make sure that you stop doing that. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It all so ends ridiculous. with, it all ends with, now enjoy the play, Lincoln. All right. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, we're going to so, take yeah. your muskets before you get into this meeting. Okay. <laughs> Luckily after you shoot, you got eight minutes before you can reload. You know, so, so, you know, we benefit from it. We, yeah. we, we benefit from, you know, I was watching, I, I, I'm trying to squeeze a lot into the. No, 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 please. Uh, worker, it's... You know. But, you know, I, my son, uh, uh, he downloads all this stuff on my, on my computer, you know, for me to listen to. And he's got this, the collection of Al Jolson, you know, and I'm going, why you got this racist bullshit on here? This is, you know, this was a time when uh, this and the other thing. And one, I'm flying to, you know, another country. Some got all the time in the world. I go, man, let me listen to some Al Jolson. Man, that was some of the most soulful, like, hip stuff that you could move to. But back then, we couldn't be together. See, back then, there was a, the line was so, so, the line was so thin, right, that you couldn't be like Justin Bieber and just go ahead and sing soul music. You had to put on, like, blackface and go and sing it so that white people would feel comfortable that a white man's under it. You know, so when, when he goes, yeah, sit on set, yeah, mammy, you know, mammy is regular. You know, that's part of the family. It's a big, beautiful black woman that takes care of the children. You know, that was part of, that was part of the culture then. You see? So, so it's, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a blend of, of whatever good and bad could be shaken up. If you could shake it in a shaker, you know what I mean? The elixir that you drank, you know, will come out like Lee Hooker's blues, man, or like Blind Lemon's blues or like Eric Clapton or like, you know, uh, 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 I can go on. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Wayne. No, I, I completely, Kenny, I Kenny completely Wayne. I don't know if you heard a young blues player named Kenny Wayne. I mean, it's, 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 it's Kenny Wayne white Shepherd, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you going to do, you know? And, um, there's all these offshoots and he's not alone. 
You know, he's got BB King next to him. You know, uh, there's there's. Have you ever seen the shot of Elvis in the juke joint when with BB uh, King and Bobby Blue Bland? He's like maybe 16 years old, and he's like hanging in the juke joint. And BB King and Blue Bland look like they're like 29, 28 maybe. Like how long ago was that? You know, and it transfers. You know, Hound Dog is a blues song. You know, and it transfers. You know, they used to say, hey, that's color music, that's nigger music, don't listen to that. You know? Well, the, the people who said that wanted it to themselves, probably. Because, sure. Hey, you know, that was the jam. You know what I mean? Sure. But that sure. was a, that, that was, you could tell it's a blues song. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Crying, crying all the time. Y'all. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Crying all the time. You know? Can you have, so, can, you know, can she, instead of just putting the headphones on you, can she fan you when you start really hitting those notes, dude? Because it's, you're putting a lot into this, brother. <laughs> Killing it. Yeah, just give, give, just hit me with one of those little raptor darts from Jurassic Park. You know. <laughs> <laughs> with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. No, for, you, for dude, for everything, like, what? Well, here's the deal. Like, so since I started doing this journey, it's like I've I've been that was able a to. Going out of Sorry. Since I started doing this journey on the podcast, like I have, and I had like you know, I guess like the basic knowledge of of blues music. You know what I mean? Like I said, like the the Three Kings, uh, well, more BB King, and then you learn about Albert King and Freddie King and. Uh, and now we're getting to John Lee Hooker, which the name has been floating around for so long and it just never made its way into my stratosphere. And then I listened to this record and immediately, much like you just said, I hear so much influence, which you can't talk about rock and roll and what it's become unless you, you start at this blues music. Because it's mm-hmm. just, it is like I said, it's the foundation of what, you know, when you talk about American pastimes, you think baseball, jazz, and blues. And that mm-hmm. is like our thing. I mean, I know there's people in France that can probably, you know, rip a 12-bar blues, but there's something about our country and what this country has been through and what specifically uh, black Americans have been through. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. And it's and it is the story of of that mm-hmm. almost the unwritten story that you don't learn about in school where you're getting the real take from the people that experienced it. And for listening to this record, I, I mean, it's just it, it's 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 dirty. It's it's dark. It's fun. There's a lot of sex shit in it. And I love that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I, but it's like it's this beautiful. beautiful you're in the minority thing. here. OK, I just want to let you know on that one. What, what do you mean? By the white? <laughs> sex. sex. Oh, sex. Come on, man. Oh, man. <laughs> we're we're, we're working clean. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. So 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 here, let's let's find out a little bit about John Lee Hooker. Morty, why don't you tell us about this? By the way, props to Lieber and Stoller who wrote Hound Dog. We'll give it up to the Jews and Jolson. We'll take it. Nice. We're 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 kind of like kissing cousins. It's a long story, but go ahead. Okay. So, so I'll get down. So check it out. Released in 91. This is on Rhino Records. This is the comprehensive compilation of songs recorded between 1948 and 1990 by the American blues artist and songwriter. John Lee Hooker was born the youngest of 11 children in Tutwiler, Tallahatchie County, near Clarksdale, Mississippi in 1917. His father was a sharecropper and a Baptist minister. So the homeschooled children were forbidden to listen to any secular music outside of the church. However, when he's young, his sister has a, her sister has a boyfriend who comes over and plays the blues music. He's sitting and listening to it. He gets enraptured. He gives him the guitar and he teaches him some of it. A few years later, his parents split up. His mother goes and marries a guy named William Moore. Now, William Moore is a popular local Delta blues entertainer who is who is friends and he plays with blues pioneers like Blind Lemon Jefferson, Sunhouse, Charlie Patton. You know, the, of of their time, this generation. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go into the weeds for a second. I know you'll appreciate this. You're a musician. So I just want this. This will help break it down in in context. Mm -hmm. So at this point, Mississippi blues is based on that 12 bar structure. It's got a very specific chord progression, common rhythms, and it's routinely played with a glass bottleneck on the third finger of the fret. So it does the slide sound. When you say that, when you say that, is that from remember uh, what was the movie with with uh, with uh, Jack White and Jimmy Page? Uh, uh, uh it might get loud. Is is that what you t- is that when he puts the bottle in there and does it like well, that? Well, that's it. So bottleneck mean? is essentially a slide guitar. When you hear slide guitar in the old days, you know it would you you just literally cut the top of a bottle yeah. off, slide it on your third no, finger. No, so, no, oh, no, yeah. no, oh, okay. no, no, no. Okay, so I thought it was how he constructed the guitar. Yeah, you could play it on. Sorry, sorry. You could play it holding it, or you could play it on your finger. So what it was is that was considered Mississippi blues. So when you hear Mississippi blues. That's the slide stuff, okay? I'm not going to pretend to do it because I got into the debacle with the Toots and the Maytals episode. I'm never. Well, yeah, he was trying to do. Again. He was no. He was trying to do <laughs> reggae. He was trying to do reggae, and he's trying to explain the difference between ska, reggae, and what was the other one, Morty? Rock steady, rock steady, rock steady. But he's right. like explaining to Ian Edwards and me, and he goes, "No, but no, no, no." He was yeah. Tommy. He's like, he's like, all right, so that's so bo- reggae is like this. A jink, jink, a jink, jink, and we're like, right. whoa, right. that's a little too yeah. close. Yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. too close, bro. That, that, that's how not racist. Yeah, yeah. Let Tommy do the noises. There's so many different phases of that. That's a whole nother world right there. I'll pass it on. Anytime you want to jump in, literally take over the music thing. I will. I'll get in trouble. No, no, no. We can. Yeah, we'll. We're all. We all live in the yellow submarine, man. You know, a word. We're good. So check it out. So We're Will good, Moore. Man. So Will Moore, his his stepfather is uh is avoids the conventional Delta style, and instead he plays more of like a bare bones, 
churning drone on one chord that uses the dynamics of volume as the changes, not necessarily mm-hmm. the changes. So mm-hmm. as he's originally from Shreveport, the Louisiana blues he brought had more in common with the hypnotic ancestral, the slave rhythms, the African rhythms mm-hmm. of the slaves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this now this is the most interesting part to me. Mm-hmm. Let's see how you guys feel. Okay. The reason that is, is due to the, there's a containment and suppression of the traditional music by the white slave owners in Louisiana was lower okay. compared to Mississippi. They both had okay. it awful. It was terrible for everyone. But in Mississippi, right. the slave owners okay. were also paranoid that the rhythms might contain some kind of code that would incite code, a rebellion. I'm sure. I'm- so they did their best to shut down music in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Louisiana. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, so that's the style that was taught to mm-hmm. John Lee from his stepfather. So now we have John oh. Lee runs away from home. Okay. He leaves his family reportedly never sees his parents again. And he goes to, and he goes to Memphis where he hangs out and he's playing house parties, playing on the streets with the next generation, Robert Nighthawk, Robert Johnson, Muddy Waters. Now these are his contemporaries. Now, John Lee was a literate. Damn. He's illiterate, but he's prolific. He's prolific as a lyricist and he adapts uh, an extemporaneous singing narrative style with spoken ad libs. He just sort of says Mm -hmm. what he's doing in the middle of the song yeah, so the baby said, uh-huh, and he'll just throw in stuff wherever he wants mm-hmm. it and gives it more of like a, a that like one more time. Give us that one more time. Give us that one more time. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I will never on, do it man. again. That was good. It's Come all on, you. that was good. Yeah, he, he starts whatever, playing yeah. it, it's going to be in some some Jewish code for for all the Jews. <laughs> 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 no, yeah. no, it's easy. It's easy. No, it's... No, 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 Tommy. The Jewish version would be like... That's literally my hop tour. That's my hop tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just started a holy war between you and the Arabs, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So right now there's there's people attacking somebody. Either that or we got to have a spit screen with our screen, you know what I mean? Right. But go ahead. So he keeps, so his style is he keeps the timing loose. He sings wherever the bar line, he'll put it wherever Mm -hmm. he wants. He has a primitive playing style where he basically holds his thumb over the bass notes and he plays with his fingers, the notes on it. And because he's inconsistent, he's basically a solo artist because nobody can play with him. Because he's, it's right. hard to accompany a guy who sort of plays it by, you know, where he wants. So in 1948, he got his own thing. yeah. So in 43, he spends a tiny bit of time in Cincinnati. He leaves Cincinnati, goes to Detroit, Michigan, and he and he bypasses, you know, bypasses the Mississippi. He goes to Detroit. He gets his first electric guitar, and he works at a janitor at Ford while he's becoming very popular on the blues scene. So in 48, he goes to the office of what was then like a little record store label owner guy, a Russian Jewish guy named Bernard Vesman. He okay. plays him these he plays him these demos he's made. Besman sets up his first session. His first session, he he leases out the one song they do for this session. It sells a million copies. He leases it to a Los Angeles thing. What it's year a is this? Copies in 48. 1948, a million copies of a record. But obviously, Holy shit. and obviously, because these people are not taken care of, they're not paid off in a commensurate way as they would be for a guy that wrote his own song and brought it in. 
So they continue this Since work. When did that start happening? I know. I know. Oh, wait, Any my question, now. Morty. My question, Morty, yeah. is all right. So this is forty-eight. Yeah. What What's big in that time? Like, what's what is it going up against that it's selling a million copies? So because it's obviously blowing people away. I mean, it would have been like post like post World War post World War Two. It would have been you know. You know, Potomy Sands is it's a Transylvania station like that. Yeah, but it, w- it would have been more like probably Andrew's sisters were probably still popular. A yeah, lot of the post-war, yeah. a lot of the post-war boogie woogie. Remember, this is pre. Yeah. This is pre rock and Mills, roll. This is even Mills, pre like, uh, Mills. Yeah, not kind of Mills, Mills brothers. brothers yeah. Maybe? yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot Mills of the brother, vocal groups. Yeah. Mills Brothers. Yeah. Four freshmen. I'd like to buy uh, a paper doll that I can call my own. Yeah. You know that era. Yeah, it's Moon before, yeah. River, wider than the sea. It's before the white yeah. people took the. It's before the white people took the to, took abuse abuse blues music. So basically, he works with Besman, but like a lot of the like a lot of the white guys at the time. Basically, oh, he was way hip. Looking at this list, he was way yeah. out there. There's the Andrew Sisters. Yeah. Ella Fitzgerald, Sammy Kay, Tommy yeah. Dorsey. Yeah, oh, he was way out there. Yeah. Sarah Vaughn, forget about it. Yeah. He was- So those aren't watching, forget we're looking about at it. the top, we're talking at the top list of the Peggy Lee, you know, Bing Crosby, yeah, getting, that would have been- And he was getting, ele- just to be getting, and he was getting electric with it too. Yeah. He was getting and electric so, with it too. So unfortunately, Besman, like a lot of those guys at the time, basically put his name on the other, on, on his compositions. So Besman becomes co-writer on stuff because- He's the cat that just happened to be there at the time. So that basically continues on. Um, he re- continues to record for a bunch of different labels. He evolves his style into more of a, a Chicago style Southside shuffle, which we'll get to later. Then later he actually adds another guitar. Eddie Kirkland plays with him a second guitar. And there's more of that. We'll get to that later. Over 50 years, he's putting out studio albums, so many compilations, so many reissues. Um, and a testament to this guy's legend is that the people that wanted to and actually got to record with him include Van Morrison, Keith Richards, Steve Miller, The Doors, Carlos Santana, Bonnie Raitt, B.B. King, Ben Harper, uh, Charlie Musselwhite. I mean, everybody. He plays with everybody. He wins multiple Grammys, including the Lifetime Achievement Award. He's inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame in 1980, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 91 the Michigan Rock and Roll Legends of Hall of Fame in 2007, and he has a star on Hollywood Boulevard, um, which leads to, in June of 2001, sadly, he passed away in his sleep. And today, we are now looking at some of his most famous songs. Right. You guys weren't expecting me to know all that in this interview, right? No, no. no read like, it back to me. There'll be a test next period. Yeah. That was just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be like that woman in, in Total Recall, you know, wait here for a surprise! Two you know, weeks! Like, yeah. Two <laughs> weeks! Hold on, halfway through the thing, I'll be like, I'll be like Schwarzenegger in, um, in, a, in, a, in a Total Recall when him and his girlfriend fell out into Mars's atmosphere. <laughs> Dude, I could do a whole podcast. You're gonna, I'm going to bring you on my other podcast where we break down Arnold Schwarzenegger movies because I the Total Recall episode. It still pisses me off that they remade that movie. It's like you can't remake. And it wasn't. Yeah, they try to make it cute. You know, you don't yeah, make it's Total like, Recall it's, cute. It's the reason it was the reason it was you good know? in 1990 is because it's it's fucking ridiculous. It's All the ridiculous. beautiful stereotypes. The black guy. You know, I got five kids to feed. Yeah, I, I got six. Oh, you got me, man. You know, he's so like, it's like <laughs> he's like, I told you, I got five. His arm comes out in that weird yeah, way. And I told you, I got five kids fingers. to feed. All right, I love you. Oh, I thought you God. said you had six. Oh, man, you caught me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk. Let's listen to some of this music. Let's go through some of these tracks. All right, the first one All I want right. to talk about is probably one of the older ones on here, Boogie Chillin'. Um, so, uh, here, why don't we go ahead and play a little taste just to remind us. One night I was laying down. I heard Mom and Papa talking. I heard Papa tell Mama to let that boy boogie woogie. Cause it's in him, and it got to come out. Well, I felt so good. And I went on boogie-woogie just the same. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little confused, and so maybe you can clear this up, because I don't know if this is about parents encouraging their kids to dance or encouraging their kids to fuck. I have no idea. Not each other, but just like, go out there, son, right. go get that ass. Right. You know, I don't know. Right. So tell me, Morty, what is what is this about? So Boogie, so by the way, this is the one that sell this is the one that sold the million copies. This is that first recording he did. This is the one that yeah. sold a million this copies. This is the one. This is yeah. You got to imagine what this oh, sound is. Can I like. stop you yeah. for a second? Please, please. Can you imagine the way everyone's ass was shaken when that came on? Absolutely. Because there was nothing to shake your ass to. All right. So now you got a whole country of whites that go from you know moon river wider than the sea to so this semi-autobiographical origin story it's an example of the of the rhythm he was taught by his stepfather that's a thing you're hearing there's no chord changes it's the same thing it's the same thing over and over yeah but that's what's so hypnotic about it yeah Exactly. That's the thing is it's it's close to what we were saying the slaves had where it's a it's a it's almost like a chant. It's almost like a mantra. Just jit jit jit. Well, it's the rhythm. It's taken the rhythm from a drum that was really scary. Right. But it's really beautiful because at the beginning of time, think of us as primates being able to listen to the rhythm of nature and then put that into sounds. You know, so if we hear a bird go, you know, we go, you know, so it's like, so that's just, you know, I was going to say what knocks me out about the sound is. 
to get this sound. So he goes and now, he, you know, he's got Bernard Besman, the producer we just talked about, and he's uh-huh. got an engineer named Joe Syracuse. So they, they come up with these innovative techniques. So they basically mic up a wooden board. He's got bottle caps on his shoes because he's his own rhythm accompaniment <laughs> on this. So what they do is they run the send, any recording people, they run basically his guitar runs into a speaker. They have in another little room, is a tiny little studio, a toilet that they have built. They put a microphone into the toilet bowl and they put the speaker into the toilet and it picks up the sound of the guitar bouncing off the water, hits the thing. You know, it's like, it's a wall of sound in a, in a smaller do it yourself kind of way. It bounces back into the studio and then the sound is then recorded and mixed in with his vocal live. So that's how they get, that's how they give this sound. So it's all him playing with himself, but they do a few little recording techniques a million copies in 48. That's not all black people. <laughs> That's a lot of white people buying I'm telling this. You, I'm telling you, I say this a lot on the podcast, everybody. I say this a lot. Music changes when, when one thing gets too big and it becomes too full and too whatever. They take it down to the most bare bones, uh, you know, feeling and release that happened with when from heavy metal to grunge or hair metal to grunge happened when, 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 when Nookie and Limp Biscuit, and then you get the strokes, it's just it ebbs and flows. And it's like, that's what we're into, man. That's right. And the, and the cool people, the cool people define, define the eras and yeah. who says cool people are one color or the other. You see, this looks like the cool people would pick up on that sound. You know what I mean? They're going to, sure. they're going to not care. They're not going to care. They're going to feel that thing and they're going to find a way to get to it. You know, just as sure as Benny Goodman, when he heard it, he had to do it. You see? Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent more. Do you have any more? Yeah. I was going to say, like, if you notice, if you listen to the rhythm and everything, that sound basically becomes, you know, we'll know it from songs like Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky. Right. We'll know it from LaGrange, ZZ Top, dude. LaGrange, ZZ Top, yes, and dude. That's ZZ Top. All the Fleece yeah. Army out there, you should be getting a little, right. get your nose out. ZZ because- Top. Thank you very much. Yeah. Dude, Thank you. And I'll get into I'll get into that. They got into some issues with that later. I'll talk about later. And then even the Talking Heads in 83 have a song called Swamp. That's on Speaking in Talking Tongues. Talking Heads, that's- dude. Talking Heads are so badass, dude. All right, the next the next one I want to talk about uh, the the next one I want to talk about is Crawling King Snake. Play it, J T. Well, I'm a crawling king snake, and I lose my den. Don't want you run my me. I pray this is about his dick. It's about I pray. <laughs> Please tell me this is about his dick. I mean, I cannot say I cannot say with complete authority, but information would lead me to believe. Well, let's let's break let's break it down so you get. Where yeah, let's it break from. it down. Let's break it down. So Come his, on, man. So her mom's. So his. Remember, I talked about his sister's boyfriend that, that gave him the guitar, right? Yes. His name was Tom Hollins. So all these guys remembered, like, this is what we're talking about, how music would get brought from one person to another person mm-hmm. and it would evolve because they play it for you and then you'd forget a word and you'd replay it. So since the 20s, the Delta Blues had songs like Black Snake Moan, Black Snake Blues, you know, yeah. and then this version, this version was actually recorded in 1941 by Big Joe Williams. And then shortly after, Tom Hollins, her boyfriend, recorded this. 
So they would play it. And so nobody, but because of it being of its time, the tenuous copywriting and everything, right? they, people, whoever got the recording of it first would put their name on it. So this one obviously says it's a Hooker and Besman composition, but the song itself had sort of been around since the 20s. Uh, This went to number six on the R&B chart. And I, I mean, I let's, let's say it's about it. I'd say it's about his dick. I mean, not to, not to put too fine a point on it, but unless you guys have, otherwise he's a Collins King King. Let me ask, let me ask Tommy, like, what is, what when you hear these songs like black snake blues and black snake moan and now crawling King snake, like, like, how do you feel like as a black dude hearing these songs? Uh, There's black mamba in our time. Yeah. So, so, you know, in, in, in the, in the national basketball league, the players called Jordan black Panther. I didn't even know that. Like I was hanging out with the NBA players and, and, and I've known all of them for years and stuff. And they, you know, keep saying, Hey, BP is going to come over here blah, blah, blah. and BP. And finally I said, man, who the fuck is BP? And they said, that's Jordan. We call him black Panther. I said, why you call him black Panther? Because he moves like one, you know? So it's the character of that black snake being low down in the swamp. You see what I'm saying? That King yes. Black Snake, baby. You know what I mean? And then if you put a sexual connotation on it, hey, it's got to stay low to get around. It might get chopped yeah. off and, and and tied to a, some fucking boards and burned. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's how, else, how else am I going to express that? Now, you know, every rapper, every single rapper in existence you know, they go oh, here please first. Tell right? me you're gonna show your dick. Like, please yo, tell me you're showing like, up your yo, dick, dude. Yo, yo, you know what I'm saying? Right? They go there first, right? Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? Oh my god, dude. That did look like that first penis. Right? Yeah. That might have been. Now, I'm, I'm gonna take gonna, it. And also, did you see where he placed his hand, everybody? Oh. Above the knee. <laughs> Kill the put put on that rat con Sunday mystery movie on NBC. I oh wow! You guys are that. Sorry, that's that's right. you and me. I'm I'm in my fifties also. Okay, okay, thank that's you. for me. All right, cool. All right, right after okay. the Disney, right after yeah, that the was McLeod, Columbo, that yeah. was all of them together. Uh, uh, Ellery, uh, Ellery Queen, yeah. I mean, realistically, like, what a great song. If it's about his dick or not, the song fucking slaps. The song's beautiful. Uh, I love it, and um, I feel like the Doors did this too, right, Morty? Yeah, they covered. Uh, this was actually. Uh, according to popular, Denny Sugarman wrote in No One Here Gets Out Alive that basically he sang this in Paris at some bar. He got up and sang it. It's it's thought of as being the last song that Jim ever sang before he died. You Who's know, Danny really? Uh, he's, Denny Sugarman was the manager of The Doors. He's the one who wrote the book No One Here Gets Out Alive. Danny Sugarman? That, De- Denny Sugarman. Yeah, Danny. Okay, yeah, okay. Danny okay. Sugarman. Danny Sugarman. Okay. So yeah, he, yeah. And so- he uh, he's since passed away, but yeah, that's the the, the Doors what covered be, this on the last album. What would be like the white equivalent of Black Snake Moan? Like white corn nut sigh or something like that? Like what would it be for white people? Like uh, for Jews, it would be song. like any vanilla ice song. Semitic schmeckle. Uh, <laughs> give me something more to you, Jewish. <laughs> where, where you really you're gonna throw to me on a dick question? I mean you're, I mean you're the you're way ju- more Jewish than I am, bro. I'm here to talk about music. Somebody asked me that last night. They were like, "You're Jewish, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, kinda. I mean, like, I went to Israel, and you know, but I'm like, I didn't even know. If it's you say poor. Israel, you ain't Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Israel. Yeah, Jerusalem. Yeah. No, it ain't Shalom. real. No, it ain't. Quit shouting about it. You've got. I feel your horns. 
I have said oh, somebody yeah. has to feel my horns and that, you know, and so that's like, what it would be one. called. That's what our song would be called. What, feel the Jews' horn. Feel, 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 <laughs> yeah, feel right my here. Horns. Yeah, I heard you guys have horns. I'm like, you might as well go look for a motherfucker. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. let's 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 dive into. I need some money because uh, I really do right now, guys. And I don't think that there has been a song, a uh, song, and a moment in a song that I identified with more than this clip I'm about to play. JT, play it. Need some money. Oh yeah, what I want. I need some money, honey. I need some money right away. I need some money so bad. I need some money. Oh, yeah. Everybody that's calling unemployment right now, like, that can't get through to EDD is like, EDD this should be the song that they play while you're waiting that on hold be, to talk to them. That will that would be worth a billion dollars for like any bank that does wiring and like yeah. for commercial. I need some money. And they're like, yes, it. I do. That's why I've been calling all day. Money, money, money. Change your name to EDD money King. Right away. EDD King. That good. All right, there you go. I'll get That's so far. Re- That's how. Podcast is going to Morty. So dig this one. So, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. No, I was going to throw it to you. You got to let me throw it to you. I throw it to you. Yeah, we need clean segues, man. Morty, you got anything? uh, Yeah. You're Jewish. If you want 10%, you got to get this guy to segue. Go ahead. 10? 10? Okay. So, So the wild thing about this, you'll hear he's really only playing one chord. But what this song is, is is money. It's the first Motown song. This is the Barrett Strong. The best things in life are free. This is that song done by him. This is from 1950. Yeah. So a year after 1959, Barry Gordy. So Barry Gordy co-wrote this song with Barrett Strong. And then John Lee turns it into this blues shuffle on one chord. And so that's the song you're hearing here. The one the Beatles did cover later. But it's also, like I said, it's the first Motown single that ever came out is this song. And, And so speaking of money, so here's, this is dope. So check this out. So he's under contract, right? And he's going to record for anybody that pays him. But because there's, you know, because he's not making the commensurate money that we're talking about that he should be making from all these records that comes out, all of a sudden there's a record out now by John Lee Booker, John Lee Cooker, John Lee, Johnny Senior, Sir John Lee Hooker, Delta John, Texas Slim, The Boogeyman, Birmingham Sam and his magic guitar. There's records coming out and he's basically saturating the market with his own product going anywhere somebody will pay him. Because every jukebox, remember, it's not like the old days where it's just like a radio right. and there's a machine. You didn't have a picture and all that. Somebody yeah. has a jukebox. Yeah, they have a jukebox. They're like, I need a new single for my jukebox. And he goes, great. Here, I'm now, now I'm John Lee Booker. And right. then he gives him this right. thing and he records it and then he gets paid and then he right. walks away. So there is- Good a- for John. Guys, let's take a second yeah. to applaud John Lee Hooker. I yeah. mean, that is, I that mean is, come that on. Is, uh, we need a drop yeah. right here, That's JT, Shark Tank. That's yeah. entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. That's God Facebook. bless his soul, dude. And much yeah. like the EDD and the reason why so many people aren't getting their money is because of all the aliases that people are using right now yeah. to try to get double, oh triple, God. quadruple paid. I got to ask you, oh Tommy, because you have been, you have been in, I mean- in my stratosphere of entertainment since uh, since the 90s, mid-90s, I think is the first time I saw yeah. you in Living Color. Yeah. And, and you've been quite successful. So I want to know, we want to know, what was the first, like, what's the, fuck that. What's the most ridiculous shit you bought when you first made some real money? Um, 
I used to buy these really expensive suits from a place called, well, I'm not going to say the name, but, but, you know, the guy, you know, had me by the balls because I thought that that was what to do, you know? So I would buy these suits that were like six grand, you know, seven grand, you know, I had like, you know, 30 suits, suits, you know, um, and because they were in Beverly Hills and they were a hot thing, you know, and I'd go in there and he'd get to talking to me and I'd walk out with my bags. And the only thing that happened with those suits was an arbitration and a divorce. The guy listed those as <laughs> things that were sort of valuable. Well, how much, how much is each suit? How much is each suit? It was about six grand. Some stupid shit like that. Oh, you know, that's, and this, but this is 96 grand, yeah, right? This is oh, the nineties. And, and I mean, like, you look like at them now, $1,000, you know, you wore them now, you know, you might as well put on a safety vest and work for the DWP because, you know, they're like orange. They're like, you know, cause the colors were the Steve Harvey joints. The Steve, what Steve Harvey wears now. Yeah. Please <laughs> send us a picture of one of, of the most ridiculous suits so we can post it on our Instagram when this episode comes out, because if that's easy. Wait, wait, here we got it. Here, what is it? What is it? You, yeah, here's one. Holy shit, dude. That is the most 90s fucking thing I've ever seen in my life all the way down from the color of the suit to your flat top. Oh, my God. Looking good, though, Tom. You are looking good, Tommy. You killed it. Killed it. All right. The next one I want to talk about is dimples. Um, I I, th I honestly got to think this has probably the best moment on the entire record. Uh, JT, play it. For me, it's like, you know, all the other stuff we've been listening to so far, but it's like... You're gone in it. But yes, it's just, it's, you're lost it's, incre in it. it's incredible because you're lost like, in it. because it's like, think about this, is that so far what we've just heard has been like yeah. really raw, really rugged, and now we're getting into the fun stuff. And now I'm really right. starting to get right. attracted to this record. That's where the ZZ Tops come in. That's yes, where that, 100%. that whole movement comes in. And I don't care if you're at the worst county fair on earth and there's a b uh, uh 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 f level band on if they if they strike that up you're gonna be like you're gonna be like the middle of the heat like because it's there yeah it it's is there, there man for sure morty what do you got so remember when we talked about how up until this point he's playing by himself or then he's got Eddie playing second guitar. At this point, this is 1956. So remember, this is right after rock and roll is basically born. 55, Elvis. 56, he's got Jimmy Reed's backing band playing him now. So now he's got a real band playing behind him. Uh, he said he wrote this song, <laughs> you'll like this, either about his girlfriend or about his friend's wife. He didn't, he, he didn't say for sure, so let's just say it's about his dick. Um, Remember in 62. They both sound like his girlfriend, but go ahead. Yeah, exactly. They're definitely my girlfriend this, these last right. year. Mm -hmm. So in 62, he goes to Europe with the, with the, with the first American folk blues festival tour and he establishes a career there. And then a little while later, 
he become uh, this becomes so this is 62 remember this is 56 this is recorded 62 it goes to europe and then 8 years later this is his first british hit because that's sort of how uh, of long course. it takes but here here's why this is yeah. interesting so all these blues and folk purists are popping up most of them in england and they want essentially they want what they think blues sounds like. So now all these guys, like all these guys, like like uh, John Lee Hooker and these guys, now they're playing this modern, what we consider like more of rock and rolly kind of blues stuff and everything. Right, right. So these guys now have to go back and start playing acoustic guitar, and now they're playing blues standards they never played before, because they realize in Europe they're popular, but only if they sound like what these people assume blues artists sound like so they have to go back and now you have john lee hooker playing songs that he never played before like that he bypassed completely in his upbringing just to just to basically to get paid so he has to get broken up so it's like a really weird it's a really weird thing for them to get paid they have to now basically sound authentic which was completely inauthentic to what they really were but to make British white people happy. Well, if we learned anything from the song that we talked about right before is that John Lee Hooker needs some money. And so now he's about that money and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And um, that turned into a whole lot of people coming out of Europe. Stones. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, we can go on. I'm not saying they didn't. Yeah. I'm not saying that they didn't, it didn't work out well in the big picture, but it, just you know, I just got to imagine. Yeah, I just got to imagine somebody you coming up to you and going, do yeah. that thing you did eight years ago because that's authentically <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table. Featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics, they all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. And Decent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. The next one that I want to talk about is Boom Boom, because uh, I, from what I've read, this is John Lee Hooker's most famous song, and you could definitely see why uh, from listening to it. So is there anything you want to talk about, Morty, with it? Yeah, so this is literally his most famous song. Most people consider this a blues standard, but this is considered like him doing pop. So this is like his most pop song at the time. It had him come over because he's in Detroit. Remember, his almost everybody backing him up is from the Funk Brothers, which you guys will remember is the Motown backup band. He's got pianist Joe Hunter. He's got James Jamerson on bass. He got Benny Benjamin on drums. Um and he gets the title because when he used to be late to work at the Apex bar, the woman behind the bar, the bartender would go, boom, boom, you're late again. And he thought it was a great title. So he grabbed that one. Nice. And uh, you can't miss the the how, 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 which once again is LaGrange ZZ Top. I, I put a little clip from it. JT, play the clip. When you're talking to me, that baby talk, I like it like that. Oh, 
ZZ Top get did ZZ Top have to pay John Lee Hooker for doing that in Lagrange? Uh there, there's a there, there. I'll get to the story if you want right now. Basically, long story short is Benny. Benny, I mean, uh, uh, Bernard, remember the guy that owns his bread, who owns his publishing, his co-writer who didn't write anything? That cat, later, uh, uh, John Lee heard this, said, uh, well, heard LaGrange, and he kind of went, hey, these guys sound like me. But he's a fan of ZZ Top. He doesn't want any trouble. Bernard, however, gets litigious. Okay, okay, good guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, Bernard gets litigious about it. Sue's, They sound a little bit like me now, don't they? You know. Yeah. <laughs> How? How? The irony of that song is, is that you can play that at a rodeo. You can play that at uh, Indianapolis 500, the big Harley, the giant Harley, Harley rally. You know, you can play that any of those places and white people will start banging their heads off the wall. It's just like still hot. And you can play that at a at a hip hop club and they'll tell you we're going to kill you. That's a good fight song. It's a good fight song. Just like LaGrange. It's just like, it's something that if I next, I haven't been to a, into a fight in fucking goddamn like 20 years. And the next one I get into, I'm like, wait, 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 before we do this, <laughs> do you mind if I just put boom, boom on? Right. Ow, ow, why are you hitting me now? Yeah. You got a plan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, hold on, I got, I got my, I got my Beats pill here just in case because I knew right, we have right. beef and you owe me money or I owe you money or whatever is going on. The other songs I loved, I loved one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. I loved Burning Hell, but I think, I think the one that I dig fucking the most, and I, and it's, it's one of the last ones on the fucking record, is in the mood. In the mood is just phenomenal. Uh, Morty, go ahead and just tell us about this one. Uh, In the mood, this is an uh, 89 remake of his 1951 song. Uh, It's one of the best-selling blues records of all time. He re-recorded it with the producer, not the same Roy Rogers, but a different Roy Rogers, and then former 500 artist uh, Bonnie Raitt, who's on it with him. And she told him that was her only choice or she wouldn't record anything with it. That was the song she wanted. So according to Hooker, this was inspired by Glenn Miller's version of In the Mood. And and clearly Bonnie felt the same what way. What the fuck? Because she described the recording. You know, In the Mood? Yeah, dude. I know in Glenn the mood. I don't I don't hear it from I don't hear that at all. Well, he from plays this. on one chord most of the time anyway. So it's like it's an approximation. I mean, give him credit. The dude's like, it's the number one blues record and stuff like of all time. You know, so the cat. So here's how they record this with Bonnie Ray. Check this out. They in a dimly lit studio. They record and Bonnie says, this is one of the most erotic experiences of my life. Oh, so that's how it connected she was to doing this song. And it won the Grammy for best traditional blues record 89. And you have to include coming out of that room with a mysterious gray streak in her hair. Yes. Anyways. And you, you guys want to hear a clip of Bonnie just fully drenched? Play it, JT. What are I fucking love that song, dude. I love that song. Are you sure that ain't Aretha? Say what? Are you sure that ain't Aretha? Frankly, 
Bonnie, Bonnie Raitt. good in that. Bonnie Raitt is in fucking incredible. She's not. I, I mean, you amazing. Mind, Tommy. You got to keep this in mind, Tommy. For me, okay. for years, all I did was think of Bonnie Raitt as let's give him something to talk about. That was all I looked at. And then we did. Uh, obvious. Yeah, you, that, that's, yeah, that's the hit. Right, right. But right. we did give it up on this podcast, which was her right. second record. I Or it was her first. I can't remember. Uh, uh-huh. Morty. Uh-huh. She's been in the up. trenches, baby. She's been in the trenches. It's her second record. Still so. a blues album. So yeah, she's no her- joke. She's a real, yeah, she's a genuine article. Dude, and and arguably one of the best slide guitarist fucking like out there. I mean, I she fucking Badass. rips. And it's TV like Ray, I'm saying TV this Ray, so that right. you cannot you cannot just write off Bonnie. I mean, Angels Angel from Montgomery is is fucking gorgeous. It's just and I know that's a John Prine song, but dear lord, she man. She had the she had the hit, yeah. She knows how to assimilate with whatever artist she's doing and fit right into that song as it was like, oh, no, she can not only be the 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 duet partner, but she's co-owning that song with him where she's just as important as John Lee Hooker in that moment. Just go to show you what what race and sex relations were like back during that time. You know, headlines read, you know, look at her and we'll kill you. You know, the small print went, we have to do that because the bitch wants to go with you all the time. You know, but it's just like, how much of an attraction is that? You know, because she says, you know, my daddy told me, you know, leave that man alone. You know, what man? You know? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Crawling clean, king, crawling yeah. king of snake. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't Barney Fife, you know? <laughs> You would do some facts and we'll get you out of here? I'm not good at facts as he is. It's uh, No, he's the guy that's going to say it. Yeah, He's going to do it. Yeah, I'm like, like, yeah. You, I mean, you don't have to do just, anything. Like, I thought I was going to be able to. And every time I go, every time I go, I go, I, he goes, the boots that he wore, you know, were a pair of boots that were worn by a tractor driver from 31, sold them to his aunt. <laughs> that went to his cousin, played guitar in those, took the strings out of the boots, put them in the guitar <laughs> and played that. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm like. Morty's a lunatic music savant. I don't, that's <laughs> yeah, not me. I if we want to talk about Stone Temple Pilots. Fucking, I can go balls deep in that. Everything else. It's like, I just want to listen to some records and Dick just Kennedy, talk Kennedy, to famous Dick people. I'll do, I'll do it. Dick <laughs> yeah, Kennedy. Too drunk to fuck. I could do Dead Kennedy. Nah, I couldn't. I couldn't do Dead Kennedy. I don't know enough. I can tell you about Bonnie Ray. skank. A little bit. All right, go ahead, Morty. Let's so give us our first fact. So, so, uh, so Tony Holland. That's the travel. That's the name of the traveling blues man, the boyfriend of of his sister that that you know that he played for. The one that originally did Crawling King Snake and taught it to him. Um, he noticed John obviously was looking at him play his guitar. He gave him his first guitar. It was a silver tone. So he's the guy that actually gave him his first guitar uh, before. When, and remember, uh, his dad. You know, his dad's a Baptist minister. And because of the negative connotation with the blues and everything, he makes John keep it in the garage and he calls the guitar the devil. Mm. So this also contributed to his decision to stay with his mother after his parents broke up. So the guitar is called the devil? By his no, dad? Well, the, it's a silver tone guitar, but his dad, because his dad was a Baptist manager and called blues music, the devil's music, he referred to the guitar as the devil and made him keep it. He made him keep it out in the barn. Oh, okay. Wow. That's how, um, that's how, that's how heavy this was at the time. This was a, this was a, this was a, uh, 
definite a uh, um, an enemy of. I mean, it turned out to be true, but it was an enemy of of sacred music. Was the secular stuff coming up? When did that make that shift? When did it start changing back to music was actually like? Ex- I mean, is it like? Is it because I know it all the went all the way up to like the heavy metal period with like Judas Priest and stuff, where they were like, you have Tipper Gore and. And That's all of pretty that, interesting. But, yep. That's that. Yeah, but right. so so like I mean, is it is that still happening now? Where they're like, oh, this is the devil's music. You can't listen to sure. that. Sure. Well, not the devil. Yeah, for the fifties. Not I mean, literally remember, the devil. It's scary. It's but scary behavior I mean, it's that scary. will lead it's, you to the devil. Yeah, but it scared white people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hate no, to say I'm just it. Saying, that's what it is. His dad. Okay, let's take for instance. Here's his pastor, white guy. His son plays that guitar, right? And we're talking about connotations of the devil. This double D beautiful black woman is like shaking it like close to it. We're getting to the devil, dude. You know what I mean? But go ahead, finish. Now I'm saying that's literally what it was, was, you know, they had (laughs) kids under control. (laughs) I'm saying it, dude. They had kids under control. Remember your kids went to church when they went to church. You were, you know, you had your kids pretty much on a leash. So it just, it grows exponentially. You know, the next time comes around, then it's print singing about masturbating with a magazine. And then, you know, Tipper Gore's got an issue with that. And then it's, you know, it's whatever comes out later. Even now they're doing it. There's people arguing about TikTok and they're arguing about our kids over-sexualized our kids. I would say comparably kids today have had so much put on them that it takes even more to sort of, I have a 10 year old. It takes even more for them to even roll their eyes. You know what I mean? We're talking about 1948, 49, 50. There was nothing. Imagine nothing to Elvis Presley's hips. Imagine nothing to Crawling Kingsnake. You know, and then look at that seismic shift of, I don't know anything. And then this song might be about his dick. You know what I mean? That is like, boom. Now it's like they've heard dick all day long. And now you got to come up with like, some bigger my dick on a boat you know what i mean that's right. got to be yeah. the next jump to to freak them so that's i'm just saying yeah. it still exists i think it's just getting harder to freak people out and our parents can't lie to us and be like they didn't go through the 60s and the 50s right. you know we watch right. them at woodstock with their titties out you know right. what i mean yeah like, it all it, you know yeah. it all pretty much went down it all went down the same you know it's just that earlier out early white america hit it up front you know, yeah, hit it up front. And that repression actually is a slow leak. You know, it leads to like, hey, guy goes into school, shoots the children. It's 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 a it's a part of our evolution and, and our spiritual evolution. You know what I mean? That's that that is a, a subjective, by the way, and only yeah. from my own perspective. In well, no, I want to ask you, cause we were talking about the evolution and you went through your, your childhood story. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, like how did you overcome those demons of like how that started and then what it kind of evolved into when you get moving to Wheaton and what you had to deal with there? Like, how did you overcome all of that shit? I overcame that by the metamorphosis of people at the time. Cause there was some incredible metamorphosis going on. All the kids were coming back from Vietnam. They were hipper to the game, to the political game. You know, they were usually about eight. They were usually about 20 years old. I was maybe nine. No, maybe six, seven. But there's really hip guys. who said, man, that's Buku Bridge you got there. You know, I didn't even know what they were talking about. You know, 
but they were cool as shit. They didn't have no problem with nobody black or nobody white or nobody Latin or nobody nothing. It was just cool and laid on the line. They made all these women that decided that they're not going to be up under some guy, that they're going to go and forge their own careers and take care of their family if the guy wasn't there. Started with the Mary Tyler Moore show, you know, so all these single mothers go out. Then the, lat, the, 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 the evolution of the latchkey kid, you know, where the Ozzy and Harriet dinner at the table with the whole family was, was, was way, way gone. And, our, and, and the parents are out trying to work and the kids are there in the neighborhoods by themselves. You know, you know, we started to assimilate. You know, we started to, to, to blend. Um, AM radio was very key for, for, the, for those times. Because in AM radio, there was no, you listen to this and you listen to that. You know, it's Benny and the Jets and I want you back. You know, so, so, so we, we were all, we, we had this, there was, there was a, a meshing that went on. And it went, it went on the TV from anywhere from Laugh-In to Seals and Yarnell to uh, the Sonny and Cher show, you know. Um, um, uh, uh, the cool things back when we were a kid, it was cool to think about ecology. It was cool to talk about peace. When we were kids, that was the hip thing. The hip thing wasn't, oh, I'm cool and I sell drugs and all this. The cool thing was, you know, I have harmony with my brother and my sister, you know, love between my brother and my sister all over this land. If you went to a camp or summer camp anywhere from late mid sixties to early seventies, you're not going to hear nothing but songs about being together. So it was those things that, that, that changed me. I can't take credit for it. You know, the, the society still existed. The two different societies, uh, or the or the multiple societies that that stayed hand in hand, like the Irish or the German or the Polish or the Italian, everybody brings their their traits to the table, you know. But in the assimilation, was was what saved me. I want to start singing the circle game, in my Joni shirt. Um, <laughs> all right. So the last one, the last one is in a uh, nineteen eighty. If you guys remember the classic comedy one of the greatest, the Blues Brothers of Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, that had... You could take that out in editing now that I know, okay? We're leaving that shit in there, bro. We're doing a tight zoom on your face. We're doing everything. Nice! It's called Can't Turn Me Loose, is that name of that song. So anyway, the... If you remember, right before they show Ray Charles in that movie, they cut outside. They're in they're in Southside Chicago, and there's a cat playing on the street, and that's John Lee Hooker playing Boom Boom, and nice. his band is basically it's right. his old friend Muddy Waters' band backing him up. Basically, Muddy right. Waters players that he's you know that he's out in the street with. So if you ever get a chance to watch that, and you're just like, well, that must be somebody popular also because Aretha Ray. James Brown. Yeah, everybody's in that movie. So, so Tommy, so I want to ask you, um, you know, about a movie that you got some very, very uh, particularly interesting reviews about. It's honestly one of my favorite movies ever. Can you please tell me the story with Booty Call and Bill Cosby? A Bill Cosby <laughs> and Booty Call. 
Because um, it's one of my favorite movies. I, I, I love Booty Call. So, I mean, it was the perfect age for me, and I love I got, I, could, I, mean, I can describe it in five words. He's in jail for it. Okay. No. Um, um, oh. No. <laughs> no, no, oh. I'm just <laughs> no. No. You know, it, it, you know, Bill Cosby at some point in his career wanted to really get on a soapbox about black culture and how we do this and we do that. And if we would just do that and if we would do just do this, you know, and uh, the reality of the situation, if, if every, if one white man, you know, spoke for every white man, you know, we wouldn't have had to go to Omaha beach and shut his ass up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I right or wrong? You know, so, you know, same instance, you know, um, he just had an ax to grind. And it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, the, the intention was positive. The intention was, you know, to have, to, 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 to have us have a, a, a to have us a, a be able to, uh, to modify our ethics and our morals. You know what I mean? But what are we modifying it from? Right? The guy goes to Africa. He sees a beautiful woman, right? She's about 40 for her age. She's unbelievable. She's got two daughters. One is 16, one is 17, and they're stunning. And he goes, shoot the husband and put those three on my ship. Okay. So, 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 you know, who are we learning it from? Right. So it was just his attempt to do that, you know, and I thought it was really, I thought it was really interesting, you know, because I was in an interview on the radio one time. And they asked me about him. And I, I don't usually try to talk about people if I if I can help it, but you know, it, it it does help when you do sometimes, you know, you get pushed. That's what radio's good. It's really good, you know. So he asked me, you know, do you have a problem with Bill Cosby? I said, I only have one problem with Bill Cosby of one thing that he said. And he said he he doesn't like how black women name their children like Shaniqua, you know, Kania, you know, why don't they have traditional names like Jane and, 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 you know, uh, you could name one, Lisa, whatever, you know what I mean? And I'm saying, well, I think it's beautiful. I think after 400 years of being named European names, that here's this, this somehow group of young black women that have decided to name their children original names even if they're names that they made up, they actually come from, from their, their whole DNA strand. You know what I mean? From their whole experience. So even though he was saying that, you know, it's just, it's just, it just, it just, um, it just doesn't pay its dividends when other speak, when other people speak up for other people. It's just more suited when people accept, each other's differences and make the priority to keep our differences safe among each other. Sure. Damn, I, 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 said also, that. I also think Tommy, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Of, no, I think that's great. That I think, gorgeous. I think, everything you're saying, I, I completely agree I with. I, that. I also, I also <laughs> feel you got to tape that and send that to me. Cause I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> oh, we got it. Don't worry. We'll, we'll clip that out. We'll send it to you. Well, no, you're, I'm using that for the next episode for a different. But no, I think I, exactly. I, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I learned a lot 
off the ZZ Top just for the blues, man. I know what to do. This is the thing about Bill Cosby, man, because I remember what he was saying, and I've, I've seen it throughout the years before all this stuff happened to him or before he got exposed for all the stuff that he did is what I should actually say. It's always the people that have shit in their closets that that are the ones that are the loudest on the soapbox. There are so many people. I'm telling you, like, like there are, there are, and, and this is on the liberal side too, especially. It's like they have... They're gonna. They're, they better not have shit and skeletons and and done fucked up things because if you're gonna fucking tell people what they can and can't do, you know, then you it's like it's like throwing rocks in a glass house. You can't do it, man. And it's like when that happened to Bill, it was like ah, oh, that motherfucker. The first instance I had of that Tommy was was the was the first time I remember him speaking out was about booty call, and I was like, how? Who gives a fuck? It's an entertainingly fun movie. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like the Vatican and the Boys Clubs of America, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got I got about five questions for you, and then we're out of here. All right. Rapid all fire. Right. All right. Favorite song. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, right. you gotta do them. You gotta you gotta do them at a boom boom boom. So okay. we'll all go boom 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 boom. And then okay, the question. Hit me, Rick. Hit me, okay. hit me. Go ahead. Hit me. One, two, three. Boom, 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 boom. boom, boom, boom. Five, favorite song on the record. Uh boom, 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 boom. Okay, perfect. Hit me again. All right. All right. <laughs> two, three. Uh, two, three. Boom, 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 boom. Least favorite song on the record. Uh, the beer. Um, wine. Uh, one, beer. one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. One bourbon, right. one, oh, I'm glad we skipped it. Perfect. All right, hit me. A two, right. three. Uh, boom, 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 boom. What song on this record would you fuck to? A boom, 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 boom. Okay, I'll take that again. All right, hit me. Two, three. A boom, a boom, a boom, a boom, 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 boom. No, but actually, it would be the one I, I'm gonna have to. I don't remember the name of it, but it's the one. Boogie chilling, boogie chilling. All right, okay, All right. You're fucking one, two, three. Boom, 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 boom. Does this record deserve to be on the 500 greatest albums list? Hell yeah. Two, three, boom, 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 boom. And just for me, because I'm such a huge fan of yours and the uh, and the show in Living Color, would you please tell me your favorite in Living Color story? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I got so many, but like Jim would, no one wanted to work with him but me, you know, because Jim was so into detail, you know. So he 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 was like anal about the sketches he did and blah blah blah. So a lot of his sketches would take like you know three hours. So everybody wanted to go home, and it, you know this that and the other thing, right? And so you know it's getting late, and um, we're almost done. You know we're down to the last little bit of this thing, right? And so the. In this scene, it's Fire Marshal Bill. And I'm the, I say some line to him. And he slams himself on the floor backwards and starts to just like roll around the whole room, right? Yeah. And then he gets up and goes, that's because I'm a fire marshal, right? <laughs> so, so he did that like 10 times. Yeah. And it was longer <laughs> every time. And every time he came up, to the camera, I was like in tears, you know? And the director was like, you guys gotta cut it out! You know, this, that, and other. And I'm going, that's him, man. That's him, he's only supposed to get up and say, I'm a fire marshal. And so they go, yeah, cut, set, set again. 
okay, Red Epp, you know? And I go, bam, 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 wham, to the ground again. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> He's rolling around again. And he gets up again, and I'm like in tears. You know what I mean? And he just, cause you know, and, and I'm holding it, you know, and he goes, that's because I'm a fire motion. And the, the director just finally was like, you know, God, I don't even know if we're going to be able to use this, you know? And it ended up being like the most huge thing of all time. I love it. I love it. Wow. It was like, you know, just one of them things that'll never happen again. It happened once, you know? Did you know, did you know, like when you saw that first cast of In Living Color with, you know, with Keenan and Damon and, and, and David and you, and I mean, did you, did you have any idea how much of an impact In Living Color would have on the world of comedy? Did you, I mean, like that first, you get in there, you see everybody. Did you know you were going to change comedy from that point on? Because it was never the same once you guys got yeah, a hold of it. Yeah, I knew the one white guy out of that was going to be the hugest. No, no, we we uh, we knew, we knew because we were funny before it came on. So we and we knew nobody saw anything like that. You know, all of us were like Keenan was like. Uh, Professor Xavier, man, he he went and got the baddest, the baddest people in the clubs and in the in the sketch world. We all knew about each other. We were all killing, you know, and put us in one room, man. And was like, this is the danger room, you know. You you were going to work together, you know what I mean? And when we came out, we knew it, man. We knew it because we were the best of the best, but undiscovered, you know. And we were we were a product of Saturday Night Live. Lucy, I mean, good times, everything you could imagine, every commercial you ever seen, Rocky, every, we were the like, we were like the result and we were ready to bust. And when we first got on the, we never got on the air when the pilot, the pilot air, the pilot didn't air for six months. So we all went back to the comedy clubs and we're like, yeah, it's not going to work out. And we're all saying, man, if that thing ever gets on the air though, you know, and what happened, this, what happened was, Keenan leaked the tape. It was a tape at the time, you know, ain't no streaming. You know, you hand the thing around. And and um the <laughs> the, the other networks got a hold of this thing and we're gonna do this show. And and um Fox said, no, 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 that's our show, and aired it. I mean, you you changed you change I you I don't think you I mean I, I do think it's probably people tell you guys all the time, man. I think uh, in Living Color is is one of the reasons uh, that I got into stand up. I wanted to get into comedy, and and I know so many people. I remember, remember, do you remember Tommy a few years ago in the L.A. comedy scene when Keenan was was talking about restarting in Living Color with a yeah, new cast? Yeah, and everybody did you go out? was. I didn't. Did you come I did in? Not. I did not. I did not showcase for it. I'm not a sketch guy. I'm a stand up. But that being okay, said, okay, okay, okay. But and also at that point, I wasn't if, like if it happened now, I would, I would, I think I would get an audition, and I, you know, I think mm -hmm. I could give my shot at it. But at the time, I was still really developing as the performer. Like now, now I want the world to see me, and now they are seeing me, and 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 all the shit's coming to me. That being said. I saw the people he was auditioning and in my head, I was like, you know, it doesn't make a difference. He's never going to assemble a lineup. That's as good as the people that were there. The that's first what he time. said at the end of the day, when I talked to him and I was like, Keenan, what, I mean, what's going on, man? New, he said, I just can't find nobody like you guys. He said, you guys like were fast, natural, you know, you could, I could tell you something, you do it. I can tell you something and you wouldn't fucking do it. 
like and but but it would be the perfect thing he said you guys were like you know you were like born to do it when i find that crew you know it's on you know but he said i auditioned and i auditioned and i auditioned but one thing he said was interesting he said um the talent's changing they're not reaching for that either you know they're not reaching for that 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 factor that just makes everybody go crazy if somebody says oh that's hilarious that's enough but you guys weren't like that if somebody wasn't on the ground laughing in tears you weren't satisfied and even then you're gonna kill them you gotta stomp people out you know oh, what i mean for sure Oh, dude, I, yeah. I would put In Living Color in the 100% in the top five sketch groups yeah. that's ever been assembled, uh, you know, with and I mean, it's it's like when you watch In Living Color, the old In Living Color, then you watch like where Saturday Night Live is now and no offense to the people on Saturday Night Live because I'm friends with a lot of them. It just it doesn't nothing's memorable. Everything in In Living Color was memorable. Every single we, sketch. We, 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 we were fortunate in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean geniuses. You guys you know, were geniuses, and it's and it and I even really just, appreciate that. Of course, dude. I Tommy, I, really I, I, I said and this we really dude, worked hard. We really worked hard. No, I mean like you know we would like we we got there at seven in the morning, left at like eleven twelve, like every day. Yeah, every day it shows. We did we did we did we did commercial send ups, movie trailer send ups, um um. We did uh, uh, pre-taped sketches all week, all week, and rehearsed for the show on Friday. Yeah, you know, it was just, it was just, um, it was just a matter of um, opportunity, meeting, preparation in the biggest way. Yeah, we were like big number twelve when he when he walked into the arena, and it's like, you know what? All I need, all all I need is one mic. He was like, Nas, man. Yeah, He's just like you know, I'll give Gronk a little bit and Brown a little bit here. You know what I mean? I know who I need in coaching. Yeah. You know, all, all, all I need is four quarters of football. If I could just get to that one game, forget about it. You know, yeah. And that's that's how we were. It shows. It's it, it's it's still. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't watched it in you know a, a couple years, and it's like, but every time I put it on, man, it's just like, I mean, just tears. And 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 yeah, it's still fresh. It's and the still cool great. thing about the cool thing about Big Twelve is he always he understands his cast. He know the brothers are the stars, man. You know what I mean? He he he. I mean, he had Moss. He had. Uh, I mean, we we don't even have to like go there. You know what I mean? He understands. You know what? To me, more white people do than black people know. What field we're on? You know, it's that last four years that kind of just, you know, made white people hate white people again. You know, it was mm -hmm. just like, like, come on, still. <laughs> like, are you serious? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I love this. This was great, Tommy. Uh, promote away. Anything you want to promote, buddy? Yeah, I, I have uh, my book, of course, uh, Tommy Davidson, Living in Color. Uh, Amazon. Uh, check this out. Target now. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm going there. Okay. I'm, that means I'm, I'm available in South Bend, Indiana, man. So, so, um, uh, uh, also, um, the series on ABC called the soul of a nation is on okay. ABC and it's, 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 it's a new series about, uh, 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 black America now. And it's really interesting. Everybody's in it common. 
uh, John Legend. I named them because they're really popular. Okay, and that helps. Yeah, you know, we're we're in the we're in the age of yeah we're in the age of social media now because we would know who they stuff. were. You know, yeah, Chris Rock. You know, told me I, I had the script. You know, Chris Rock told me this. He's so smart. He told me this like 15 years ago. I said, man, look at the script. I'm trying to sell the script, and they ain't getting it. And he's going, tell me, man, tell me, man. You don't know the quality's out of style, man. It's popularity, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. We'll promote, we'll promote, we'll make sure we promote the book when this comes out and, and we'll promote the series. Uh, Morty, what do you got? Uh, follow me, Twitter. DJ a brand new Morty car. Okay. Uh, you can- you know, no, sorry, sorry. You know, I thought yeah, I'm a brand new car. I've been waiting on that. A brand can- new car. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out, uh, you can check out Fokker, Fokker Force 5 Live on Facebook Live and then Be and Daddy Cartoons on Instagram. Yeah, check it out, guys. JT, what do you got? JT underscore podcast exec on socials and next chapter podcast is ncpodcast.com. Nice. And don't Tommy. forget that. I mean this from the bottom of my heart, buddy. Thank you so much, dude. This was so much fun being able to sit down and talk to you, buddy. You guys are the best, man. Thank you, man. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Tommy Davidson. Follow him on all social media at the real Tommy Cat. And for all things Tommy Davidson, go to his website, thetommydavidson.com, and make sure you pick up his new memoir, Living in Color, What's Funny About Me. You can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Now, we just listened to John Lee Hooker's complete retrospective for new music this week. We have Christone Kingfish Ingram. The Clarksdale, Mississippi phenom is only 22 years old, but he already has a foothold on this blues genre. He's already played with blues titans Eric Gales and Buddy Guy, and in 2009, he released his debut, Kingfish, and we're featuring that single right here, Ghost of Christmas Past, which came out last November. And you can find all the links to his music on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you are in a band and you want your music featured on The 500, send it to us, guys. Send us your songs. Because we want to play them. 500podcast at gmail.com. Put the artist that influenced you in the subject line. Next week, oh shit, it's Scandinavian Queen Bjork. We're going to go deep into her 1995 record post. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Do your homework. Stay fleecy. Google. Snap Google. Believe I let my good top last And play one for my baby She's the ghost from prison past Singing carols down in the park, and all I got for Christmas 
Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Next Chapter Podcasts.